welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Good morning. I'm Krista Massa, and I am a pastoral intern here. And I am Bonnie Williams. I'm the adult discipleship minister. You know, the past month, we have been looking at our sermon series, When Life Gets Tough. We've talked about the power of love and trust and compassion. And I will tell you, if there's anything that we need when we're going through times of trouble is trust, love, and compassion. Amen? Amen. 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 And today we're going to wrap up the sermon series and talk about the power of care and what happens when we are invited to care for each other. All right. It's such a privilege for Bonnie and I to be talking today. I haven't been here in a few weeks and I am so excited to be back and to be talking to all of you. We got a chance as my family to rest and relax after my son finished his first year of kindergarten. Praise God, he made it out okay. (laughs) And I finished another semester at seminary. We had planned this trip for months and months. It was a chance for us to be able to get away. And as we're sitting there, what better place, actually, what better place to get away than your parents' house, right? (laughs) Right. My parents' house is great, though. Um, So I'm sitting there. My kids are playing in the yard. They really like to collect acorns at my parents' house, and they will, like, come with, like, three five-gallon buckets. I don't know how. That's what they do. But I'm sitting there on the porch, and I'm thinking about how great it is just to be there, how great it is to get away. And some of you this summer will probably also be able to take a chance and get away. Maybe it's an hour at a coffee shop, a couple hours at the park or the city pool. Maybe you will be able to get away for a couple of days like we did or a couple of weeks maybe. But we all feel the need to get away. It's biblical, right? Rest and Sabbath is biblical. But I think that there's something else here at work with getting away. So I'm sitting there thinking on the porch. I'm like, why are we getting away? And I think it's society. I think it's the world. And everything that is, we are prescribed to be doing and chasing in the world, right? It's the better house. It's the better car. Trust me, I've been there when somebody gets a new car, and I'm like, oh, that would be really nice to have a new car, right? It's that constant striving that we are getting away from, that prescription of the world. And today, we're going to be a little bit of Bible detectives as we look at the first part of our reading. So if you have your Bible, your Bible app, go ahead and get that out. We are going to do a little bit of exegesis, and this is going to be my, my 14 years as a teacher coming out. You guys ready? Okay. All right, so exegesis is a deep... What's the word I'm looking for? You're really getting into the Bible, right? You're really digging in deep and thinking about why it is. So we're going to read two translations. 
of the first part of our reading. And to give you some background, Ecclesiastes is written by Solomon, who was the son of King David. They say it was written later on in his life. And as he's dealing with, he's got the wealth and he's got the riches and he's asking himself, so now what? What comes next? So let's read this first verse together. I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone, without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is all so meaningless and depressing. So take a moment and figure out what two words are repeating in that verse, in those two verses right there. If you know the answer, you can, you can whisper it to your partner. Because we're going to take that word, keep it in your, keep it in your mind, and we're going to go switch to the message version, because the message version, I felt, is really modern, and when I read the scripture and what the message version translation says about these two verses, I was like, yes, that's so pertinent to what we're talking about. It says, I turned my head and saw yet another wisp of smoke on its way to nothingness. A solitary person, completely alone, no children, no family, no friends, yet working obsessively late into the night, compulsively greedy for more and more, never bothering to ask, why am I working like a dog, never having any fun? And who cares? More smoke, a bad business. <clears throat> I think that kind of speaks to this whole like getting away, right? So we take those two words. Oh, wait, sorry. What is the word that's repeated here? If you know it, say it. Smoke, right? And what was the first word that was repeated? Meaningless. So we have smoke and meaningless. So when something appears like that, it should be a clue to like, oh, maybe I should look further. So I looked at the Hebrew word for it, and it is hevel. Everyone say hevel. Hevel is absurdity. Meaningless vapor. Some translations is translated as vanity, and some translations is translated as mist. And what happens when you try to grab mist, nothing happens, right? This is what society is telling us. This nothingness, these things that we keep chasing that don't make a difference on the other side of heaven, it's hevel. It's meaningless. And when I try to grab that vapor and that mist, it might leave a little something on my hand. Might leave a little happiness on my hand as I chase those things of life. But eventually my hand starts to dry, and I'm back right where I started, right? So this hevel, this things that we're chasing, they are things, right? Things of this world. And the thing about hevel and the thing about chasing things of the world is that they don't give back to us. Having relationships with things don't, does not give back to us. So as we chase that new house and that new car and we stay later at work, what happens to the relationships in our lives? 
they start to tank. When I get so focused on getting that next thing, saving the money, I need this, I need this, because that is what I am chasing, the relationships in my life fall to the wayside. We need those relationships. We are relational people. God created us to be in relation. We heard that in our reading today. Two is better than one. And a cord of how many strands? Three. We need relationships with each other, and we need relationships with God. If we don't have relationships, we fall into this relational poverty. And the thing with relational poverty is it doesn't care what color your skin is. Relational poverty doesn't care how much money you make, how much education you have, what car you drive. It's a deep lack of connectedness with others that we all need to survive and to be well. God created us to be in community. And when we chase those things in our life that don't make a difference and that are meaningless, that hevel, we often find ourselves here without relationships. Life is going to get hard. There's going to be bumps in the road. If you haven't already had some, there probably will be bumps in your life. Who is around you that's going to help you and catch you when you stumble and you fall? Don't end up in relational poverty. It's time to think about care and who you're surrounding yourself with that is going to care for you when you need it. Let's take a look at this video and the power of changing your perspective and the power of love. Well, I don't know about you, but that video, when I saw it, it warmed my heart because it's the smallest acts of kindness, amen? It's the smallest acts of kindness when people come along and it just, it makes a difference in your day, it makes a difference in your life. And I don't know about you, but we absolutely need that when life gets tough. Anybody here ever experienced when life gets tough? Yeah. There's a song uh, that plays in the video called One Day. And one of the lines says, sometimes I drown in my tears, but I never let it get me down. So when negativity surrounds, I know that someday, one day, it will all turn around. Thank God. Can I just say that? Thank God that trouble don't last always. Amen. I'm here to tell you that many times in my personal life, I have had people come alongside me to help give me the hope so that I wouldn't give up. And I don't know about you, but when you're in tough times, you will find that your spirit, you will find that, that you will be in a place where you'll say, why even bother? Does it, does it really matter? Do I really matter? And I'm here to tell you that God says, yes, you matter. Amen? And what I love, I don't know about if you felt it, but there's power, right? There's power that's transferred to you when people sacrifice of themselves for your well-being. That power gives you hope simply because someone cares and someone cared enough to see you blessed and to see you lifted up. And I don't know about you, but I want that power. Amen?
There's encouragement. There's care. There's compassion that flows from acts of kindness. And it's the beacon of light that dispels the darkness from your path. It fills you up and it leads you to better days. Is there anybody here that is hoping and praying for better days? Amen. You know what I love is when I sit and think about all the people over my life, and I just want you to take a moment, just take a moment and reminisce and think about every single time that someone came along and gave you a smile. Every single time come, someone came along and said, what is it that you need help with? Do you need prayer? Whatever that need is, just think about how many people have come alongside you to walk with you and to talk with you and to let you know that you matter and that they want to help meet a need. Can we just give God some glory and some praise today? Can I tell you that that's the love of God poured out from them for you? So the sermon series, when life gets tough, guess what? It's for all of us because every single one of us is going to face tough times. And why? Because the word of God tells us in this life, you are going to go through trials and tribulations and tough times. But he said, take heart, for I have overcome it all. And I'm so thankful for this church family. Can I just tell you that? To be able to come into this church family and see all of the ministries and all of the ways that we are uh, serving people and coming alongside people. And guess what? We are building relationships. Amen? That is what God cares about. That is what God cares about. He cares about you. He cares about me. He cares about us. And he wants us to love one another. So I'm here to tell you that one of the ways that uh, we are going to look at our scripture today is we're going to talk about the power of care. Say it with me. The power of care. And what is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Thank you. The power of care is having the ability to do something for someone and the capacity to influence the course of events and the behavior of others. And I'm going to tell you what. Scripture tells us in Ephesians 3.17, it says, Christ makes his home in your heart when you trust in him. And because of that, wherever we go, wherever we go, wherever our feet take us, guess what? Jesus Christ is living in us, right? Didn't it just tell us that he made his home in our heart? So, so who's with you today? If you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and trusted him, does that mean that Jesus Christ is with you? Raise your hand. Yeah. Now, remember that because I'm going to hold you accountable in a minute. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so time for a reality check. Amen. All we have to do is turn on the TV. All we have to do is look around us. And we live in a fallen world. The darkness and the evil it is all around us. And guess what? I don't know about you, but we are experiencing tough times. And they're painful, aren't they? They're scary. Many, many times I sit and I look at that situation and I said, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? But I'm here to tell you, we do not have to walk this journey alone. We do not have to take one single step alone because God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now that's good news, amen? And guess what? We are not alone. God sits high, but he looks low. And every single day, God creates that day for us. And he says, guess what? My mercy 
is new for you every single day. Every single day. His mercy is new every single day. And I'm here to tell you, you didn't wake yourself up this morning. No, 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 no. You didn't wake yourself up. God woke you up because he says, listen, he says, I've created you for a purpose, right? And as long as you have breath in your body, that uh, purpose is to love yourself and to love God and then love whom? Our neighbor. Love whom? Our neighbor. Ooh, that's good. All right. So here's the thing. When we wake up, what we have to learn how to do is we have to learn how to transfer, right, the understanding that once we become God's, we do not have to depend on self. The Bible tells us that he has a storehouse full of everything that we need. And guess what? All we got to do is wake up and just say to God, our Father, listen, everything that I need, it comes from you. Transfer your trust. And I don't know about you, but I would much rather pull from God's storehouse than my own. Oh, come on. Come on. Woo! Is there any lack? Is there any lack in the kingdom of God? Is there any need that he cannot meet? Oh, mm. all right, all right. Here's the thing. Why does God want us to learn how to trust him? Why does God want us to depend on him and not ourselves? Because we were created to be the blessing that God has called us to be for someone else. All right, I'm I'm about to hold you accountable. Remember what I said? It said that what? That Jesus is in us, right? So everywhere we go, we're able to meet that need because Christ meets ours. So I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say it with true belief. You ready? I want you to say to your neighbor, I am a blessing. Let's give it a try. Look at your neighbor. I am a blessing. All right. Yeah. We don't have to look very far, do we, to see all of the needs around us? They're financial. They're material. They're emotional. They're psychological. They're physical. All of us are in need of something, y'all. Every single one of us. And I'm here to tell you, we cannot do this journey alone. There was a day that I used to tell old Bonnie Bond that I could do it alone, but that is a lie. We cannot do this alone. We need each other. Friendship, marriage, family, church family. God wants us to love one another and seek out and pursue opportunities to be able to care for each other. So as we're partnering with God, we want to look at a scripture together, all right? Now, I'm going to focus on scripture 9 and 10. Two people. How many? I'm so, okay. Two people. How many? All right, (laughs) are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. What can two people do? They can help us succeed, and we can what? Reach out and be able to help them up. That is what God is calling us to do. And I love what Genesis 2.18 tells us. God tells us right away, doesn't he? He says, you know what, uh, Adam, you need some help. (laughs) You need some help. So you know what, I'm going to create a helpmate for you. And I often wonder what that conversation could have sounded like. Can we just kind of imagine for just a minute? So Adam comes to God and he says, listen, I I need a perfect uh, soulmate. And God says, well, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. 
And Adam says, well, what can I get for a rib? Uh, what, what, what can you give me? Listen, we are better together because we can help each other succeed. Anybody come along in your life and help you succeed? I can tell you right now that there have been many, and I am so grateful for them. And guess what? God is calling us. He's equipping us to come alongside each other because God does not want any single one of you to throw in the towel. He does not want any single person here to quit. Anybody here ever get to that place where you just say, I've had it. Enough is enough. I quit. It's not even worth moving forward. That is not what God's heart has for you. God wants us to be victorious. He wants us to be able to walk through this life, not as victims, but as victors. Through every situation, through every circumstance. Because he who is in who? Me is greater than he who is in this world. So I'm here to tell you, you got to learn how to talk back to the voices that tell you to quit. You've got to talk back to the ones that tell you that it is not worth going on. You have got to learn how to tell the devil, sit down and shut up. Shut up. Shut up. That's why you've got to know the word. That's why you've got to be able to speak life to yourself. Because if you think that the enemy is not going to be on his J-O-B, you had best believe he's going to be on his J-O-B. So we've got to have that personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to know him for ourselves, so that when we're in those times, we can be able to just stand there and say, I am who you say I am. I can do what you say I can do. God, you love me. You created me, Heavenly Father. I am worth all that you tell me I am worth. Doesn't that just feel good? Yeah, that's what we got to do. And here's the thing. Faith without works is dead. God is calling us to put his love into action, and we have got to get to work. And what I love is in the greatest demonstration of the power of care, is that when we stand in the greatest need, I'm here to tell you, when you stand before the cross of Jesus Christ, the fig leaves of self-righteousness will fall off. Because there is not a thing that any one of us could ever do that would make us right in the sight of God. And so what does he do? God said, you know what, I love you so much and I'm going to show you the power of care that I'm going to send my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, Here's what it says, Romans 5, 8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And Christ suffered once for sins. Please understand this, the righteous, which is Jesus Christ who never sinned, for the unrighteous. Every single one of us was born into sin. Thank you, Adam and Eve. We were born into sin, separated, right? from God's presence, but Jesus Christ comes along and he said, guess what? He said, I love you so much. He said that I'm going to come and I'm going to do what you could not do for yourself. Amen? We've got work to do. And you know what I love about Jesus Christ, what he did? Jesus Christ set the example for us so that we have no excuse. He had no excuse. I want you guys to look at this scripture because this is, 
Jesus Christ the King speaking to us in Matthew 25, 34 through 36. Amen? All right. Then the King Jesus, who gave it all for us. He will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. For I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in to your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. What Jesus is saying is, he's saying, listen, he said, faith without works is dead. When we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, when we stand there, our salvation is secure, right? Because you say what? You say, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died from the dead and I shall be saved. But then he said, get to work. Get to work. Why? Because there are people who are hungry. They are thirsty. They are homeless. They are naked. They are in prison. God calls us to do the work. Can I ask a question? Anybody here, could you give somebody a drink? Raise your hand. Can you feed somebody? Raise your hand. Could you go visit somebody in prison? Raise your hand. Could, can you close somebody? Raise your hand. The work that God is calling us to do, he has more than equipped us. Do you know what he equips us with? <laughs> I got to do it. Okay. He equips us with the power of care. Where does that come from? It comes from a heart of compassion. It comes from the fact that when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what the Bible says he does? He removes the heart of stone, a heart that has no desire for the things of God. And it says he takes it. Do that with me. He takes it. That's fun. <laughs> and he replaces it with a heart of flesh. Because that heart of flesh has compassion. And then when you look around and you see somebody in need, that is exactly what you're going to want to do. That, that power of care is going to want to come in. Jesus Christ, when he saw those in need, what does the Bible say? He was moved with compassion. And that is what God has given to us. We can make a difference every single day for someone in need. All we have to do is care. Amen? So now we're to the part where we're going to talk about some of the reasons why we may not come and get the help that we need or stops us from walking in the ability to care. Are y'all with me? All right, don't be mad at me. <laughs> We're not deserving of help. Anybody here ever walked into life where you feel like you are not worthy? Amen. That is not what God has to say to your heart today. Do you know how valuable we are? Jesus Christ said, I'll lay down my life for you. I'll go through being stoned, I'll go through being spit on. I'll go through being lashed. I'll go through having a spear put in my side. I'll go through nails in my hands. All because that is how valuable you are to God. So don't you ever wake up, ever wake up on any given day and let the enemy tell you that you are not worth everything to God. There is no need that he does not want to meet. Second, our pride tells us that it's a sign of weakness. Uh-oh. There's no pride happening in here, is there? No, no pride, no pride, no pride. 
What does pride produce? Self-sufficiency. I got this. I got this. Hey, can I come? No, 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 no. I got this. But what about, I mean, I see that that's kind of, that's kind of, no, no, no. I got this. Self-sufficiency is not what God wants. He says when we are weak, who is made strong? God is more than able to carry any burden, any hurt, any need that you have. But guess what? He's a gentleman. My friend, can you come here and help me with this for just a second? This is my sister Felita. Amen. So, God is a gentleman, right? And he is not going to invade into our lives. He wants us to ask for help, right? So if God comes along, now here I am, right? I'm walking in self-sufficiency. You ready? You're going to follow behind me and you're going to be God because you're going to be wanting to help me. Ready? All right. So I'm walking along and I come to all these problems. But as long as my back's to God, right? The Bible says that he resists the proud, but he draws near to the humble. So here's God always following me all day long with whatever I need. But all day long, this is what I'm doing. Oh, man, what am I going to do? I got you. How am I, how am I going to handle this? I just, I just don't know what to do. Oh, my goodness, this is so heavy. Oh, my gosh. But then all of a sudden, the voice of God says, and I hear it. I hear it. You, I got you. Oh, my God. Oh, I got you. Heavenly Father. Yes, I got you. Please help me. I got you. Heavenly Father, I need you so much. I got you. I'm here. I'm Thank you, heart. Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for hearing me. Yes. Thank you for meeting my need. In Jesus' name, Father God, I know yes. that you are with me. Amen. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I got you. You've got to turn towards him. You've got to turn your heart towards him. As long as you continue to walk away, God will continue to follow because it says that he follows us every day of our lives. But we have to acknowledge him, right? We have to know who he is. And when you turn towards him, he will help you. I am a very present help. I am a very present help in the time of trouble. Last one. We're afraid of what might people think about us. Uh-oh. Is that anybody in the house today? Yeah. The vulnerability it takes to ask for help, that price tag sometimes is too high, isn't it? Well, can I tell you who put the price tag on that vulnerability? Your enemy. He absolutely wants you to do everything that you can to avoid getting the help that you need. Because can I say this? If you're broken, how are you going to help somebody? If you're hurting, how are you? you Come on. God wants you, right? If you are poor, he wants to bring you to the place of being rich. If you are hurting, he wants to bring you to the place of being healthy. Whatever it is that you have need, when you turn to God and you get the help that you need, healthy people help people. Amen? Listen to me. Asking for help acknowledges the truth of our needs. It invites God's provision and grace into our situation. Anybody here want God's provision? Anybody here want God's grace? Invite him in. Invite him in. He says, I stand at the door and knock. And anyone who opens the door, he said, I shall come in. And he said, and I will sup with you. And I will make you my own. Amen. He resists the proud, but he draws near to the humble. I don't know about you, but I want God all up 
in my business. Yes, I said it. Yes, I did. I didn't say business. I said business. I want God all up in my business because if anybody is going to be able to help me to do what I need to do, right? To be able to turn me around and place my feet on solid ground, it is God. So as I close, let me look at the scripture with you. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. This is talking about the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Yeah. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Now, here it comes. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. Who? Each of us. Every single person, raise your hand. Every, everybody, everybody. Keep them up. Keep them up. Look around. Look around. Look at all the spiritual gifts in the house. Look at it all. Amen? And then what does it say? So we can what? So we can what? So we can what? We're all parts, but we make up one body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He wants us to be whole and healthy. So what does John 13, 35 say? Jesus Christ said this after he washed the disciples' feet, and this is what he said. He said, your love, your love for one another. Look at each other. Look at each other. Your love for one another is what will prove to the world that you are my disciple. Anybody? Disciples in the house of the Lord Jesus Christ? Love one another. Love one another. And how do we do that? We meet each other's needs through the power of care. So I'm here to say it because we have it all over the church. Love. Love. Come on now. Come on, family. What? Woo! Love really does make the difference. Amen. So Kristen is going to come up. And she's going to share with you a story about how God placed the passion in her for this care ministry. So this story carries a lot of weight. Six years ago, I had my first kid. And 15 hours after he was born, he started having problems breathing. And we saw it, and my husband and I looked at him, and we said, something doesn't seem right here. We called the nurse in, and the nurse said, no, it's, everything's right. And we're like, okay, we're first-time parents. Fair enough. And then a couple hours later, no, something's really not right here. And so we called the nurse in again, and she immediately looks at him and says, I have to take him right now. And she takes him to the nursery and calls the NICU doctor over and the nurses. And all of a sudden, my son is surrounded by five or six people listening to him breathing, taking x-rays, trying to figure out what is going on. And here I am, scared. Some of this weight. I'm anxious. I literally just had a kid. Haven't slept. For those of you who've had kids, you know that wonderful hormone dump where you are all over the place, right? 
all of this weight. And they finally decided that, yeah, he's, he has to go to NICU. I don't know why, but the, the picture I always keep in my head is the NICU doctor telling me, we have to put a blanket over him while we take him to the NICU because we don't want anybody to see and be just really looking at him, trying to figure out what's wrong. I don't know why, but that piece always just stays with me. So they take him to NICU. I follow closely behind. My husband and I do, and we get there, and there's already a team there. And before we know it, we're th- three rows back in the people. There's doctors and nurses trying to figure out what's going on to him, hooking him up to IVs and starting the antibiotics and all that stuff. And they finally get him stable within a few hours, and we start our NICU stay. And we were not there for that long, but those five days were some of the hardest in my life. I was carrying all that weight by myself and my husband, as much as he wanted to carry it, we were both two broken people at this point trying to carry this weight and we can't. Sleeping on a NICU bed that's bumpy after just having a child and I refuse to leave his side. I refuse to leave the room. And at the end of it, my husband tells the doctor, I remember this so vividly, I am more concerned about my wife right now than I am my child because I was in a very low, low place. Hadn't left the hospital, hadn't gone outside in days. And that whole time, my husband and I were thinking, we should probably call the church. And I was like, yeah, but it's not really an emergency. I don't want to take up anybody's time, right? I had the feelings of pride. I felt unworthy to receive any sort of care that someone could give me. But the reality is, is that I needed so much for someone just to come and sit with me and hold my hand and remind me of God's promises and I didn't reach out. And the reason that I care about care is because I don't want anybody in this church to do the same and have the same mistake that I did. Amen. Amen. Because when you let things sit and you just think and you're in your pride and you're thinking, I'm going to be okay. Week pass by, I'll get home and I'll be okay. But for me, it didn't happen that way. I, with so many other moms, developed postpartum depression and anxiety and fell into a hole. And I blame it a lot. I don't blame it on anybody, but I think a lot of it has to do with the traumatic birth and the fact that I didn't ask for help when I needed help the most. And Bonnie, I wonder, with all of this weight that I was trying to carry and my husband was trying to help me carry and we just couldn't get it, what would have happened if I would have called somebody and asked for help? What would have happened is that we would have come alongside you Mm. and we would have let you know that you are not alone and that we love you and that any way that we can help, and it starts with taking these burdens to the one who will bring everything that you need to get you through it, and that's to the cross of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, 
What we're going to do is we're just going to sit down and talk for just a minute about the care ministry. And I'm going to ask Kristen a few questions uh, about uh, how we can come alongside the care ministry and what it offers and some other questions. So let's get started. So the very first question is, how does our church community or church care for our members and our community with this care ministry? That's a great question. When we think about care, it's not just one individual thing. Care isn't just coming in for one visit with somebody. Care is in everything that we do within our church. Believe it or not, you all have been caring, right? Amen to that. We care through our community night because when we have community, it develops relationships and relationships are what help us when we fall and when life gets tough, right? We have our mission partners that also help provide care in different ways. We provide um, that food care through the Food Bank of Iowa and partnering with them. It's those, you know, the counseling resources, mental, um, mental health. We provide care with mental health, with food, physical resources. There's so many ways that the church provides care already. The care team and the care ministry is here to help in those spiritual needs, those emotional needs. We're here to sit and walk alongside you when life gets tough. That is absolutely wonderful. So the next question is, what does the care ministry offer? We have one-to-one caregivers. So you can meet with us and we can sit and talk with you. Sometimes you just need a little extra. Sometimes you really need that person to walk alongside you while you're going through divorce, while you have lost your job, while life has just been really tough. That's when somebody from the care team can walk alongside you and meet with you weekly and just remind you of God's promises, can listen and pray and um, just be that person for you, that spiritual Christian person that can offer that perspective for you. Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. So the next question is, how does one connect with the care ministry? Yes, and this is really important. So if you want to get your phones out and take a picture of this, you've seen the slide up in the um, slideshow that we have, but a couple different ways. Pastoral care emergencies. Somebody's been in an accident. Your kid is in NICU. Those are pastoral care emergencies where you need someone right away, right? And then we have non-emergencies. You can always call the church. If we're not here and the offices aren't open, you can leave a message. One of the best ways to get a hold of the care team, if you want to talk about some stuff that life is throwing at you, is through email, care at hope-elam.org. You can email and we will get a hold of you that way. Wonderful. So listen, I've got one last question for you. How can I, how can we come alongside the care ministry and help provide care? Yes, we are all equipped to care. You don't have to know the Bible front to back and have every single scripture memorized to provide care. What you need is the ability to listen, the ability to pray and just sit with somebody, to empathize with them and to see what they're going through and see who they are as a person. That's what care and providing that spiritual care is all about. So if you're interested in this, we have a care team informational meeting this coming Tuesday at 6.30 to learn more about what's happening in our care team. If you are someone who's like, yeah, that's me, I would love to serve and walk alongside people um, that are hurting, we have care team training. We do ask that everybody that's involved with care team 
just get trained up on a few things because care can encompass a lot of different um, things. We want you to be prepared as much as possible. Care team training starts on <coughs> excuse me, July 5th um, from 6.30 to 8.30. It's four weeks long two hours each Tuesday night. We will not meet the week of VBS because there's something else going on in here. <laughs> um, so just four weeks and then um, you can be on our care team and help provide care to those people who are in need. Kristen, I want to say thank you so much for caring, your, uh, sharing your personal story and letting us know uh, where you know this care ministry originated from yeah. and I'm so grateful for you. Amen. any of you have any other questions or you want to connect with us about this particular ministry, please, please uh, connect with both Kristen and I. Absolutely. Amen. Yes. And if something today tugged at your heart and you feel like you want some care, one of the first steps in getting care is to simply just pray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at this time, I'm going to invite our prayer partners forward. So if you feel something stirring and you want to say that care out loud and you want to get prayed for, I would ask that you come up and um, receive that prayer and then connect with us if you need that. Amen. Let's stand and worship. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.